Welcome to the Miles Pike Podcast, a podcast that strives to foster excellence in gospel music both on the stage and in the local church through conversations. I'm your host, Miles Pike. I'm hoping to probe into the lives and minds of gospel artists, industry legends, and some frontline people on the worship scene. Guests include fellow artists, pastors, session players, producers, songwriters, comedians, radio personalities, and theologians. Subscribe to not miss an episode. Share on social media with the musicians, pastors, and music ministers in your life. And please rate and comment to help take us all the way to being able to say that dozens and dozens are listening. Thank you for taking time to join in on the conversation. Now on to the program. There's not many friends that I've had longer than Ben Waits, with a backlog of stories, some hilarious and some sad. Our history is one of camaraderie. With countless hours on the road together, in music school, and in each other's homes, there's a lot to talk about. Despite several handicaps that have permanently grounded others, his story is one of struggle and triumph, determination and the faithfulness of God. If you aren't familiar with his music, check out www.benwaits.com. That's B-E-N-W-A-I-T-E-S.com. With life getting more complicated with marriage and babies, this time for us to catch up was long overdue. Now listen in on our conversation. And on the phone with me, I have the eminent, the great, the wonderful, one of my best friends, Mr. Ben Waits. How are you doing oh this morning? Oh my goodness, what an intro. I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, I didn't even have that part written down. That's just right off the cuff. Wow. That's how I feel. Wow. That makes me feel honored. I feel <laughs> I feel feel privileged. Yeah, don't forget to support the podcast on my website. There's a donate button. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna pass the plate. Oh man. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you uh for coming on. Uh for those of you that don't know Ben, uh, he's got quite a story, and we're going to get into that. But first of all, I like to always kind of start off uh, these interviews if I if I know the person on a on an intimate level and and have been with them, then I like to give them an opportunity to tell how we met. And uh, so, Ben, tell tell kind of how we met and uh, what you've learned about singing from me over the years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't laughing at the first part of that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of teed it up for you pretty pretty No, soft, that's that's you know? good. That's good. We Take your we time. met Take your time. um we met at a singing school at uh uh the Ben Spear Stamps Baxter School of Music. And mm -hmm. what year was that? Do you remember? Oh goodness, I started going in 03, but I believe you came along in 05. Yeah, that sounds about right. Hey, if our friendship was a was a teenager, they could almost. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, and that what a scary driver they would be. Oh man, all over the bar ditches, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's been good. Um, I and I remember you got up to sing. Um, I think it may have been one of those night uh, nightly performance opportunities or something. Was the first time I heard you sing, uh, and you you got up and did what are your uh, one man quartet things. Um, what was the song? It was that yeah, that land, probably with Bruce land of no time or or 
that year it would have probably have been uh, since Jesus it was, touched yeah, me. Yeah, it was that. Like That's that. exactly yeah. what it was. Stepping way back And there. I remember I sat in the very back and was just in awe. And in all honesty, I, I sat in the back just going, oh, my goodness. How can one man make all those those noises? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I thought, how could one guy have that kind of a vocal range? And then when I heard your story, um, you know, of how you prayed for this incredible range and then and then it happened. I, I and and you committed everything you had from that moment forward to God. I I, I was blown away, absolutely blown away. So yeah, you you've been a, a big inspiration. Well, to 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 be fair, I, I actually I you know I didn't have that high of expectation. I just told the Lord. I said I want to sing really low or really high. I don't want to be stuck <laughs> in the middle. That I think that was my exact words, uh, just as a little twelve year old. And um, anyway, I. It went from there, but um, but yeah, and I remember uh, first time I, I heard you was at the school, and you know it was just uh, again kind of the same reaction. You know, it's like wow, where did this guy get this voice? What's his story? And um, we weren't in the same theory class that year, but we just got to talking at lunch and and uh, in different places. But uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been quite a journey from there, but. Uh, for those of you that don't know you and your story and haven't been to the website or concerts, please explain your physical struggles because that is a big part of, um, of who you are and what you bring to the body of Christ and the encouragement that you offer. Yeah. Uh, so I was born with a condition called arthrogryposis multiplex congenita. Oh, and I'm not done saying it. It's it's all one big thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everyone, um, I recently discovered this part, but everyone calls it AMC. Um, I've always just called it uh, arthrogryposis. Wow, you're on cable, I man. Know, I know. I've always <laughs> called it arthrogryposis. But my, my wife uh-huh. found um, uh, a support group on Facebook. You know, There's a support group for everything on Facebook. But there's a support group oh, on yeah. Facebook. Um, and that's where I I, uh, I learned that they called it AMC, AMC, AMC. Everyone says AMC, but essentially my joints are fixed; they're concreted, locked into place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no, um, I'm not paralyzed or anything like that. I tell people all the time: if you kick me, I can feel it, and I'll kick you back uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I found that yes. out, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Now I must be thinking of a different time. I thought you ran over me in your wheelchair. Oh, I've done so. that too. That's that's what I remember. My toes still has uh, it can tell the weather. Anyway. Well, that's the only way I could get you to get those really high notes. <laughs> Got to get right. way up there. But but yeah, I, so I was born with that, and um, it's it's interesting because a lot of times you get some of the strangest questions from people when you you travel for a living. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of times people will go, "Well, do you miss walking?" or uh, "I bet you wish you could walk," or uh, different things like that, and. I tell people consistently, you you don't really miss something you've never had, uh, and I've I've never exactly. I've never walked a yeah. day in my life. So no, I, it's not really a thought that I've ever had about walking. But um, I, I've been in enough like Disney World and Sea World, and I've been in enough places like that where I'm actually kind of glad I don't have to walk around because I see people struggling and sweating and. <laughs> I can, I, I just riding the chair, you know. 
That that would be me. That's uh, that's too hot for me down there when everybody else is going. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I totally identify with you on that because um, for those of you that don't know my story, I'm legally blind from birth and it's a long tale. I won't go into that. But uh, whenever people read my bio or I mention in concert sometimes about my eye condition, I see just enough to fool people. You know, they come up and they ask me the same questions, you know, uh, you know, do you, do you wish you could see or, or they're wanting to know if I've ever seen and and no, I've never known anything any different. So, um, you know, people, when they find out it's, it's blindness, they automatically assume that, you know, well, this must be one of your biggest challenges or this must be the, you know, the hardest part about it. Uh, but most of the time, it's not really those things that they assume that I really hate the most about it. Um, so aside from the obvious travel complications in the wheelchair and other related stuff, what's something that you would say might surprise uh, the listeners today about your journey? Hmm. You know, that that's uh, that's a real interesting question. Um, what I here's something that what I'm here. Here's for. Some, I guess this is this is kind of um, a surprise. At least it's a surprise to me is that my disability isn't brought up as much um, in what I do. And I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think what happens, uh, this is a comment I get all the time. Uh, I noticed from people, they'll say this. They say, I noticed the wheelchair until you started singing. And and then and then mm. it's just gone. Your, your wheelchair's gone. The disability's gone. All I see is you, your spirit, and what you're doing for God and, the, you know, how how you're ministering to me, so I, I I guess that would be kind of the surprise because it's a surprise to me, um, especially cause you you know you have something that's so blatantly obvious like you were saying it you you can see and go oh I bet traveling must be difficult or um, uh, going into these hotels not all of them are very accommodating or or um, you gotta have mm-hmm. a shower yeah. chair different things like that, but that's that's been kind of the resounding. Uh, comment I've heard since the beginning is, "Oh yeah, I noticed the chair until you started singing, and then it was gone." So that that's kind of like the big surprise, I think. Yeah, people um, people say to me all the time, you know, well I, I I read about you being blind, and I was thinking about that until I heard one of your jokes, and then I realized what your real disability. Oh my was. goodness gracious! And so. <laughs> I feel like I've had that thought myself. <laughs> I know you have. That's what made me think of it. <laughs> um, so what's something about uh, your handicap that people assume about you but is not true? Hmm. Uh, well, you know what? It's it's um, uh, paralysis. Uh, it, it, oh, right. Yeah, right, like right. that's a big that's a big one. Um, people think, oh, I must not feel. They think I'm like quadriplegic or 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 something like that, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which I, that's understandable, especially because my my limbs I have. So when you when you have arthrogryposis, you don't you don't always get it in all four limbs, um, but I have it in all four limbs. Oh, okay. Like there's there's some that just mm-hmm. have it in in one leg, or you know typically it's it's either both arms or both legs, but uh, I have it in all four limbs, and so. So I, I could see where that gives a um, imagery of a of a quadriplegic, um, mm-hmm. 
but hey, I can move a lot more than they can. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, well, a lot of folks uh, may not know that when you started singing, uh, for, just from what you said and what your grandparents said, you, you stank. Mm. I mean, you just really, <laughs> you, 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 you weren't uh, naturally gifted in that way. And unlike me, you've improved over the years. So how, <laughs> so um, how did how did that happen? And uh, what uh, you know, what's that story? My goodness, man. You know, so <laughs> I didn't know that I was bad. You, you know how that works. You you don't know that you're crazy. Uh, talking to you, Miles. Uh, you, you you never know. <laughs> so I didn't know that I was I was tone deaf. Um. Mm-hmm. But I remember just desperately feeling this call to music uh, right after right after my salvation, and I knew I just knew without doubt that I had to sing, and so I I went to my grandfather because he was he was the singer of the family, um, and of course all of mm-hmm. his the history just goes way on back all the way to Big Jim Waits, and so. Uh, I went to him, said, "I, I want to sing. I want to. I want to do what you do." And and we sat at the piano, and he would hit notes and just, you know, he'd say, "Here, just sing, sing this note, just uh, match, match the pitch." And he'd he'd hit a note, you know, ba. And I, I mean, I I couldn't, I couldn't get close. It was like ah. It was just this random noise that would come out, but I didn't know it, you know. And and he would he mm-hmm. would get frustrated, uh, you could see the frustration, and uh, and we would work for months at it, worked worked for months, before I did my actual first live song in front of a crowd, um, and then it just clicked one day, and I went about my way never, never talking about it, <laughs> until I was at uh <laughs> until I was at stamps uh, one year I think it was either my second or my third year. You remember, um, you remember mm-hmm. Nancy Morgan? Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah. we were sitting. Um, hey, Nancy. <laughs> we were sitting. Maybe she's yeah, listening. She might be. Uh, we were sitting. Um, let's see, where was that? It was that that uh, they had some. It was like a lounge type area. Um, I think this was still at at Trevecca. Um, yeah, in the student center. Probably. Yeah, in the student center. It was downstairs. And we were sitting in that in one of those uh, one of the sitting areas there, and I and I kind of told this little bit that I just said, and then I just you know, and then I started singing, and she said, "Well, what happened?" Like I, you know, it was the first time I've ever had ever been questioned on, "Well, what what did you do? Did you just you don't just you don't just get over that overnight?" <laughs> so what happened? And uh, I said, "Well, you know, uh, just the kind of normal things." I, I realized that that when music was playing. There was, there was, I could see colors in my head, and so if I just matched the color, I would just, you know, I'd get on, I'd, I'd sing the right note, I'd sing on pitch, and, you know, just the normal thing, just the normal <laughs> thing. She yeah. said, honey, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> see colors. See okay. colors, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so her, her response to that made me go, all right, I need to... I need to research this. <laughs> I need to know what's going on. So I, uh, you know, you, you use the power of Google. Um, and I, I came up with a term that they call 
chromesthesia, chromesthesia, um, that the more technical, I thought, I thought chromesthesia was technical, but the more technical term would be color synesthesia, right? So what happens is that the, yeah. the brain is receiving the audio signals and then it's converting it into an actual mental picture uh, or in some cases like a mental video almost um, and oh, and wow. so there's there's this this color that that's just it's just apparent in my head um, and they have a lot of depth they have a lot of shading, um, a lot of texture to them. It's not. It's not like just a uh, uh, a filter in front of a spotlight or something. I mean, it, it has a lot of mm -hmm. of, of um, I almost want to say character to it because it has its own life. Um, which I know that sounds weird, but it's just not a blanket um, blah color that's flat. It's it's very mm -hmm. dimensional. Um, and 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 it's it's colors of the of the entire spectrum, and uh, for instance, like it is well. I've sung it is well since since I started. It's man, it's been twenty years singing it is well with my soul, and that song is there's this hunter green, but a dark, uh, deep red, uh, and they just kind of intertwine with each other, um, but they're not mixed, and. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's there's like a 3D effect to it. It's it's a very odd thing to try to describe, but that that oh, was yeah, that was yeah. the start of it all. You know this this chromesthesia. Well, thing. you you had uh, yeah you had mentioned it to me before, and I I know I can't quite wrap my head around it. But I mean, how rare is it? Um, I mean, obviously it's not um, you know your everyday occurrence. You know what's interesting is that it's it's more common than you think. Um, but it's not always with music. It's most commonly found with mathematicians, uh, or or oh, even okay. even spelling bee uh, prodigies. Because what happens is, you know, so for mathematicians, each each um, uh, each number, each digit gets a color, and then each um, uh, uh, symbol minus plus division, all that stuff, gets a mm -hmm, color. Mm -hmm. And for them, the color combination just makes sense. They can just put it together, and it just happens like instantly. They're not actually thinking numbers; they're thinking colors, and you know, boom, there it is. That is that's wild. That's wild. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and 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 ask. You're talking about, uh, you know, your the, a certain song has a color. Uh, for for all the world to find out and the tens and tens of people listening to this podcast, uh, <laughs> uh, what what's what's my color? It, does it change song to song, or does my voice have a color? Man, or... it's as black as it can be. <laughs> I no. figured that's figure that's no what it was. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what's interesting is that the color thing, um, because I, after stamps, I went on to college. I really studied music hard, and uh, and my ear actually began to develop and so um i don't i don't rely as much on on chromesthesia as i used to uh if if hardly ever to be honest with you so now it, it it's faded mm -hmm. a lot but it's still there um i use it more for a, a genre based thing so you know if i do some of the jazz the stuff uh it helps me kind of lock into that feel that sensation of 
of some of the songs. Um, mm-hmm. So with that in mind, yeah, you you definitely change. Um, but there there are plenty of songs that I can see like a um, kind of an ocean blue with you. Um, there's there's that wow. that one hey. song that the yeah. the son of a carpenter. Um, Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of more of yeah. like a, it's more like a brown, but it's a very comforting brown. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. it's got a lot of it's dark, but it's a lot of depth to it. It's it's a really nice color. It makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's that's just okay. Yeah, I could make this podcast about me now. We'll just go song by song. <laughs> right. I, let's not do note that. by note. Uh, <laughs> now. Um, you were raised by your grandparents. You already mentioned uh, Jim Waits yeah, yeah. and then Ms. Leona. Yeah. Um, I've had the privilege of knowing them for years. Tell about early life with them and and how they've impacted your life. Oh, my goodness. How have they impacted Yeah, I know. That's a whole, uh, whole other podcast. You know, I could sum that up. Um, the best way I could sum that up is I, I, would, I would not be here where I'm at in life without them. Uh, hands hands mm-hmm. down yep. hands down um yeah i i spent a good a good chunk of my um uh early years with my grandparents and uh, i grew up with them and and um uh, i i love that because a lot of the 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 morals and values um from the older generation i i feel like we're it's kind of slipping unfortunately <laughs> today oh man and, and and there's it's just there's so much meat there you know um and so i'm thankful to have that opportunity to have learned so mm-hmm. much uh from an older generation my, my, my grandfather passed in 2010 um from a, a complication oh, yeah. but my grandmother's still around she still travels with me uh practically honestly every just about every date i, I think she may have missed once one spear date or something but she is, uh, she's always, always there, and they've, they, they have been the absolute best cheerleaders for me. Uh, in, in the times when I would attempt something, they would say, "Yeah, go for it, give it your all," even if in their mind they thought, "There's no way, <laughs> there's no, there's no way he could do this." They mm-hmm. never, they never voiced that to me. They always said, D- "Just do it, try it, and see what happens. If you fall, then you just get back up and and you try something else." And um, that 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 was a really big to have the permission to fail is a really big thing because a lot oh yeah, yeah absolutely a lot of times yeah. you don't get that and and you're just hindered you never you never try anything and so having the fear of a failure is crippling um, way more than than my physical disability could ever be you know I, and I think that's why my 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 physical limitations never actually limited me because I always had that support group, even from my mother, um, uh, to be uh, just, just to be fair there. Uh, it's not like I was abandoned or anything, but even for my mother, um, do everything that you can and try as hard as you can and be the best you that you can possibly be. That That's what I've learned a lot from, uh, from my grandparents, and I'm eternally grateful for that oh yeah um they they were both uh, they, they kind of adopted me too i've spent so many uh days and i guess you could even rack it up to weeks uh staying at at your home and, and practicing 
songs for the quartet, the gospel tones that we was with, and, and I was just honored to be part of that heritage. And so I just feel like I had another set of grandparents uh, over in Louisiana. But now one, one thing, let me just jump, jump here. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, and I would like to clarify, from all the times that I spent at your house, and we would sing to all hours of the morning, and, you know, we had to have something to keep us awake. Why would anyone put chicory in coffee? <laughs> is that a is that a Louisiana? Oh my thing? goodness! <laughs> that stuff grows hair on your tongue. I've never had anything like that in my life. You know, we we have different sections in in Louisiana. You know, there's Sportsman Paradise, there's Sin Law. Oh. There, so there's different there's different. And, and when you when you cross into these different sections. It's a whole different world. It's it's you basically have mm-hmm. yeah. you basically yeah. crossed the state line of, of a different of a different thing, <laughs> and the chicory thing is totally South Louisiana, right? Uh, oh man! But it's for potency. In fact, I'm sipping on coffee right now, uh, and it is the sweet You're it's kidding. the sweet nectar of life. But I don't have chicory in it. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant you brought chicory. No, with you. I'm like, no. you know that that stuff that stuff got put in coffee. You know, like during the Civil War when there wasn't no coffee. I'm like, well, the war is over. The war's over. We got coffee. Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> no, I, I, I personally, I don't, I'm not sure I've ever had it. <laughs> Are you yeah, kidding? I've, I've avoided stuff well, like that. Well, your grandmother would make a pot and I'd be like, whoa, what's in this? You're like, oh, that's chicory. Oh, man. Oh, and let, my, you know what? Let me know. tell you something about that, too. You, you talk about that, saying that's strong. I've always thought her coffee was kind of weak. <laughs> I like a good strong cup, man. I want that spoon to stand up on its own when I put it in a cup of coffee. Well, stand up, but not melt oh, well, off. Now, you know. now it depend. It depends on. <laughs> it depends on how much sleep I got the night before. Okay. Well, uh, one thing that's happened in the last few years is uh, you are now married and. Uh, you know, with with my story, that Martha is the true brilliance behind anything that I offer, and uh, don't don't amen that too loud. But, uh, how has how has marriage changed the way that you do what you do? Oh man, oh man, that's that's been a a, a big change. You know, a, a a spouse, a wife is, um, it's a different type of cheerleader. It's a different type of uh, encouragement. Um, because mm-hmm. you're you're sharing um, you're sharing these intimate moments of life and experiences together, and so it, it, I always think of the scriptures where it says the two become one. You know, um, mm-hmm. th- that's really the experience that I've had uh, with Natalie, and she's she's just been she's been incredible, incredible support. Um, you know what we do is it's uh it's very draining um it's very uh oh it's, yeah it's a daunting task it's this isn't an easy there's no luxury in this life at all <laughs> oh goodness yeah and i you talk about people asking you questions at <laughs> concerts i cannot tell you how many times i'll finish a concert and and they come up and say something like well what do you do for a living <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep you just want to thump them between the eyes. It's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's not all just standing up here and singing. You got to set up, tear down, book it, do the website, do the recordings, and I mean the list goes on and on. It's incessant. No, you know? yeah. And so I, I know it's um, 
it, it is a full-time commitment if you're going to, uh, you know, make make it your your heartbeat. You it know? is, and and bringing someone into that, um, I remember uh, as a teen doing this, hearing my grandfather, uh, my grandmother, um, talk about, you know, it, it. We were in ministry together. She used to say of my grandfather. Because she, she said, if he got in a quartet, then we were all in the quartet. And and mm-hmm. we all were, were traveling. We all were supporting. Even if, even if the family doesn't go with you, there's much a part of this as you are as the singer, you know. Uh, and, and so having a companion, having someone like that, just it's, it's man, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Yeah, that's that's been the case with you know my my family before Martha came into my life and and, and now with with her it's still just a full blown family yeah. affair. But yeah. um, I I don't want to get too deep in on this because I I want to keep the spotlight on you and I I feel like I'm probably going to talk to maybe a member or two of uh, of the group. But the new Spear family is uh, where you are spending a good deal of your time right now, um, and so if you know, you're now with a headlining gospel quartet and, you know, been catapulted onto, you know, uh, bigger stages than what you and I would be normally used to. Uh, Did you think you would always stay a soloist and this was just kind of out of the blue or, um, and do you think you will always continue uh, the solo part? You know, when I, we, we get into this business in the Southern gospel anyway, uh, with the goal and the thought of, man, I'm going to join a quartet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, right. That's what I always yeah, thought. And that's all I ever wanted. That is all I ever wanted. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell a very revealing story here. Very revealing. I've Uh-oh. never told this publicly before. Um, but th- this is the, tr- this is the truth. And it, it was, it was given to me with love and respect because of the in and out, the ins and outs of this of this industry, and you'll understand this, and uh, I hope I hope your listeners mm-hmm. understand this too. But I remember so desperately wanting to be in a group, and it had been about three years going to stamps or so, um, and I obviously I had already met uh, because of stamps Allison Spear and Mike Allen, um, and Allison said, "Hey kid." Let's go do lunch together, and of course, you know if Allison says it, you do it. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. Yes. So, so we all loaded up, and, and Mike went with us, and uh, we went to some restaurant. I don't, I don't remember what, what where it was, what it was, uh, but it was here in Nashville. And we sat down, got our food, started eating, and then we just started laughing and carrying on. And then Allison said, "So, I hear you want to be in a professional group," and I said, "Yes, ma'am, I do. I, I've." Boy, I, I just I can taste it. I, that's all I that's all I think about. And she said, "Don't do it." And I said, "What? What are you What are you talking about?" She said, "You don't want that. The quartet life is extremely difficult, more so than 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 you know. There's a lot uh, There's a lot more that that has to happen behind the scenes because you're you're joining a team." Um, a very well-oiled machine, and there's a certain dynamic that has to happen. And as as an artist with with um, with a lot of creative spark, 
a quartet doesn't give you the opportunity to really uh, express that, right? Because you you have to yes. fit within the yes. group's identity, within the group's songs. Um, and she said, you don't want that. She said, I've spent my entire career not in a group. And it's it's the most freeing thing. She said, if you can make it as a soloist for any length of time, then the quartet thing will be easy if you ever get that opportunity. And And Mike Allen leaned forward and he said, I'm a bass singer. I'm always in a group. I agree 100% with what she's saying. And that that mm. really, I sat back and I thought about that. Um, and I came to the conclusion, you know what? I'm going to put the quartet thing to the side. And I'm going to dive headfirst into this solo thing. And give my all to creating something that I feel is a, is a true expression of me and the, the, the message that I want to communicate to the, to the body of Christ and to uh, the opportunities that I get with unbelievers of how good God is, right? So I, I really jumped in there. Now, I, I said that story because to, to, now it goes full circle. The two people that kind of are like, hey, don't join a group. I'm now in a group with. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking that's a little yeah. ironic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, but I feel like they they know you, yeah, and they know what you can offer, and 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 you haven't completely given up the solo, right. uh, the solo ministry. So it, I think you you found a good balance, and I I pray it's a wonderful thing for all of you, and it sure seems to be to be working. So uh, can't wait to see what comes. It's a blast. Uh, comes down the pike yeah. in, in years it's to come. It's a blast. So. Well, um, you've had to, you've managed to have your fingers in many pies over the last few years. So, what are you up to now? What are you working on? Have you got a album in the works or um, any any big plans? You know, I I do. I um I I it's been uh, seven, I think about seven years, maybe a little longer than that now, um, since I've released new music. It's been a long it's been a long time. And uh, as you know, in our industry, that doesn't happen. They they typically like to be on this new project every year. Oh, yeah. Every year. Yeah, every year. Get every a new year. project. I felt that pressure oh, before. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And so I haven't done it. <laughs> I, I've just been cycling through the same old stuff, and I'll throw in a, a couple of new things here and there. But um, I had the opportunity, and I'll be honest, it's because of this, the new Sphere family thing. Uh, we were on the road. We had um, Steve Allen. Uh, runs the sound for us, our live sound. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Steve's mm-hmm. phenomenal. You, you may not know his name as a listener because you just, as a consumer of music, but um, if you look at the credits of a lot of your favorite gospel records, his name's on it uh, as an engineer, you know, especially the Gaither stuff from the 90s. And so so anyway, Steve was running. Oh, I, I've seen him all over the place. I'm a, I'm a nerdy yeah. critic. Oh, yeah, so, he's, yeah, he's everywhere. He, he's phenomenal. So we were traveling somewhere. I think we were up north, and we were in a hotel lobby. And um, I don't. I hate spending my time in the room of a hotel. I typically will go out to the lobby and and just sit there uh, until I'm tired, and then I'll go to bed. And so Steve went out there with me, and we were sitting there just just uh, talking about everything. And he said, "Man, what are goals that you have as a singer?" And I I told him, you know, one of my dreams is to work with um a producer named michael sykes 
I think I think ah, I think Michael Sykes mm-hmm. is one of the coolest cats out there. And the Gaither, st- the vocal band stuff that that he produced in the '90s was just so cool. And I, I just wish I could get that that Michael Sykes <clears throat> that Michael Sykes sound. And he said, "Man, I got Michael Sykes on speed dial. He's best friend of mine." He said, "Give me one second. Give me one <laughs> second. And he whips out his phone and sends him a text. And doggone it, if it's not just a few months later, we're in a meeting discussing a vision and concept of new music with Michael Sykes. And so here, here, yeah, All right. here I am. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. Some new stuff. All right. Well, I, man, I, that's uh, that's breaking news heard right here on this Absolutely. podcast. So, yeah, I cannot wait uh, to get a hold of that. I've known of Michael for years, you know, and, and that uh, get, uh, the, the Goodman um, heritage yeah. and the Gaither yeah. heritage. And, oh, goodness, um, <clears throat> just so many, so many great, uh, great songs tied to him. But um, favorite song you've recorded and why? Oh, you know what? I, I'm going to go with uh, favorite song I've recorded and why. I'm going to go with a song called "Nothing to Prove." Um, it was a it was a uh-huh. tune I recorded on my my tribute record record for my grandfather uh, called "Grandpa's Book mm-hmm. Legacy," and um, I, I won't say a whole lot about the song other than it it speaks my heart and my thoughts uh, towards my grandfather. All right. Favorite album you've done? Ben Waits and Friends. Uh, that that was so much fun. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. With all those different singers. That's a good yeah. one. Uh, what vocalist have you learned the most from over the years, whether in person or just listening to them on albums? Miles Pike. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> yeah, let me guess. You've learned what not to do. Here's the honest truth. Um, Allison Spear, hands down. Um, she, yep. She's just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Well, life has its seasons and its chapters, and uh, it's kind of ever-changing. But what has been the most difficult season of life that you faced um, and and, and what did you hold on to? Was there a song or an album or or an artist that you went back to that that their music spoke to you in that moment? I just I think uh, I think I think knowing somebody's um, music, what they run to in times of trouble, says a lot, and and it's kind of a neat way to find new music, and that's one thing I want to facilitate on the podcast. Yeah. It was the loss of my grandfather for sure. That was such a deep, um, that was such a big blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. And there were so many songs that he and I sang together night after night. And I remember um, after after he passed, I remember kind of putting those songs in storage. Uh, I, I just. It was hard for me to to pull myself together to to sing them, and then one day, I was sitting there, and I pulled up the recording of of uh, that we did together, my grandfather and I, and I listened to "Till the Storm Passes By," mm. and suddenly the words were different to me. Suddenly, I had realized my life had caught up with the lyric. 
and it pulled me through and I knew okay I need to sing this for people because this lyric this lyric means something like th- there's there's a lot of depth here um, and and so I pulled out all those songs that I had kind of locked away and uh, yeah it was mm. it was amazing yeah I think uh, I think so many times you know you can have a great lyric but until you've lived it and it's uh, you know become part of you and and every word of it kind of connects with yeah. you um and you can look back on that season uh, it's like you know the, the some of the greatest songs in christian hymnody and 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 in um and in the annals of gospel music have been written during some of the worst times of of struggle oh yeah and so um yeah it's it's Amazing how God uses brokenness and uses those dark times and those valleys to produce yeah. uh, some of the most brightest points of hope. And um, one thing I wanted to ask you was uh, worship is not just a vehicle to produce a goosebump for a Christian. Uh, there's some that treat it that way, but that's not what it is. It's it's the essence of all that we are as Christians and, and everything that we do. It's our everyday life. So what has touring all over the country performing concerts and experiencing hundreds of churches and and their congregations taught you about worship and and how the church sometimes misses it and then sometimes gets it right well that's a deep question um worship is a never-ending thing. Worship is the way you live your everyday life. And the the church at times has unfortunately taken worship and confined it to a box and given it a 30-minute timetable. <laughs> Or an hour, you know, uh, and they say, mm-hmm. "Okay, this is our worst." It's on the it's on the exactly. bulletin. Exactly, it's on the bulletin. Exactly, um, and there's a lot that's missed there, because the uh, worship is this uh, intimate time with God. It's this ability to, especially in, in a church setting, you come together as a body of Christ, and 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 it's not not this one way street, just you and God, but it's. It's you, your neighbor, and God, you know, and, and and you're all kind of coming together in unity to express uh, how good God is. For me, that's that's worship, something that's that's deep, unhindered, um, and sometimes not what you expect, but it's it's an everyday life thing. Now, when it comes to the Southern gospel music realm, and uh, both of us kind of venture in and out of that stylistically. Mm-hmm. But you know as much or more than I do, and so I'm curious what your answer would be. Uh, what do you see for its future? Uh, do you see a decline as the culture just kind of goes off the rails and gets more secular? Uh, and and honestly, as the age demographic passes away, the ones who grew up with the Stamps and the Happy Goodmans and the all-night singings, and uh, or do you feel that it will 
remain and grow? Do you feel that it's going to morph into something else? Or do you think it's going to kind of go the way of barbershop where it's still there, but you have to go to a convention once a year to really hear right. it? Right. Right. Yeah. I, this is a, a hot topic. <laughs> um, oh, I know. Especially I know. amongst singers. Um, and it's a concern. Here's what I th- I think. And I, I feel as though I'm slightly alone uh, in my opinion of this. I don't think that it's dying. I think that um, as a whole, all of music, all of music, every every genre, secular, sacred, all of it, is in a decline of physical consumption. Um, the the dawn, the spark of the internet has changed things dramatically. Um, I spent mm-hmm. the last year really digging into the internet the social media aspect of it and what it can provide as tools for us. And what I see Mm -hmm. is um, an opportunity, an opportunity to reach way more people than we honestly ever could before with uh, in-person concert settings. Um, There's email lists. There's the power of Facebook and and some people could laugh at the mention of Facebook, but Facebook is actually an extremely powerful uh, platform for connecting with people if you know how to use it. And it's it's not an easy animal uh, to tame, but it is doable. And so I think if we as artists can learn, um, number one, learn more about our people, uh, the people mm-hmm. that listen to us, because the demographics are kind of, they're a little bit more sporadic than it's easy to assume they are. Uh, I, I kind of had the same feeling. I thought, oh man, you know, my, my age group is this age to this age. and and Oh they, yeah, goodness. I mean, you know, 93.7% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, Absolutely. yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Who who knows where the truth is and all that? And yeah. and so not not to be technical here. I know we're, I'm I'm taking forever to talk, but um, I dove into Facebook. Uh, I set up some things, different parameters that could give me some insight of people. Right? Uh, what I found is my demographic is a little bit younger than I actually thought it was. Uh, the people that were highly mm-hmm. interested in what I had to offer, yes, they were sixty five and up but they were also around the age of 40. And that kind of shocked me a lot. So I think if we as artists can kind of, um, I'm going to be a little harsh here, if we can get over ourselves and start building relationships online with people, because there's some great opportunities and great tools that can help do that, uh, to facilitate that, a good conversation between us and, and people, um, you can build these relationships, and suddenly I think what we'll find is there's more connection here and a, and a broader opportunity for the music as a whole. Uh, I've dropped the I, – I, I call myself Southern Gospel um, just because people want to know, well, what are you seeing? Uh, but yeah. when I go into the studio, I do. I, there's no thought of Southern Gospel in my mind whatsoever, and I know that's, a, I know that's that, the same with that's you. That's me yeah. too. That's me too, yeah. I I think uh, I think we've put everything in such boxes that you know when you when you put such a broad variety of 
of uh, of music in a small box and you put all the same label on it if somebody doesn't like one aspect you know one facet of the of the gym they're going to throw the whole thing away yep. and you know southern gospel i mean back um you know decades ago back 60 years ago when you said it it meant something it meant oh a quartet yes. oh a family yeah. group oh it's it's you know it had a it, a very distinctive sound but now southern gospel is such a big umbrella that um you know, it's it's really frustrating calling pastors sometimes because they they'll hear a song or they'll um, see some place that I sang and they say, oh, well, they they have Southern Gospel groups in all the time. I'm like, well, I not you know that that's not who I right. am and what I do. And so here, just watch this video, and um, you know, it's uh, it's a challenge to overcome the labeling. And I think I think that's a a cultural phenomenon that has happened. I mean, you think about how long iTunes has been yeah. around. You think about how long um, these streaming services, how long smartphones. It's like you know, people say, um, you know, I, I want I want to get the music on my phone, and they're like, oh, you mean you you want to get some music? No, I want the music, all the music. I want it all on my phone, and I want to be able to push a button and and it play. And we just put our life when it comes to music on shuffle. Yeah. Oh yeah, boy, that's good. And and we don't learn songs. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 don't we don't identify with songs. You know, we have our favorite playlist, but you know, to well, I remember I'd buy a CD uh, at a concert, and I'd come home, I'd memorize the liner notes, I'd read every word on the jacket, and I knew every song, every songwriter. I knew the I could tell, and to this day, a lot of those albums, I could tell you the order of the songs were in, and. Um, I just immersed myself in that album, and I knew it forwards, backwards, and sideways. In the but over the course of about three months, and then I'd go get another album. You know, and the days of there being a single are over. You know, uh, or or going and buying an LP, uh, and and it being a big investment. Now you just pay a few dollars a month, and every song in the world pretty well is at your fingertips. Yeah. So I, I I agree. It's it's a it's such a major gear yeah. shift. Yeah. Um, and it's happened um, overnight. Oh yeah. As far as human history, yeah, it's it's a blink of uh-huh. an eye. And and the and the legislation, you know, the laws haven't kept up with with the technology. Right. Yeah, they, they don't and know so how to do it. Artists are many in many ways left out in the yes. cold. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, we are almost done. I want to leave you with one more question, and then we'll go to our lightning, lightning. round. Um, the lightning <clears throat> round. It has, uh, it's been a comfort and very humbling to keep in mind that while God may use me, he doesn't need me. Mm. Um, more than that, whatever he does through me, it's in spite of me. You know, it's, I'm, we are, you know, chosen vessels and, and that's amazing. And yet every vessel he chooses is a crack pot. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, um, what's a Bible verse, a song, a thought, a quote? Or something that helps keep that in perspective for you, something that maybe you think of every time before you go on stage, or, or something that you've held on to for years that's really stuck to stuck. My with first you. day in choir, at Louisiana College. Uh, Doctor Fred Gilbert, one of my dearest dearest friends and mentors, he walked into the choir room. He didn't say a word. It was his also his first day, as the new choir director. He walked into the room mm-hmm. with room full of these kids who didn't know him 
and in all honesty, some of them didn't want him to be there because they wanted the old director back. Dr. Gilbert walked into mm-hmm. the room, didn't say a word. He walked up to the whiteboard, grabbed the marker, and he drew a music note. And then he went to the other side of the whiteboard and he drew a cross. He walked over to the music note, he circled it, and he said, We don't worship this. We use this. And he walked back to the cross and said, To worship this. Mm-hmm. That created such silence in the room because suddenly people saw his heart in a span of 30, 40 seconds, you know. Um, yeah. That image and that thought has stuck with me ever since then. Before I get up, before I sing at any time, I, I don't worship the music. It's not the music. It's not the music. The music is just a vessel. And so that has that has kept me grounded and um, in a really, uh, I feel better mindset of what I do for the body of Christ. All right, for the lightning round, uh, most memorable moment. Oh, memorable, memorable moment. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it would be at um, college graduation. They asked me to sing for my college graduation. I sang It Is Well With My Soul and had an audience, uh, the auditorium full of people on their feet just worshiping and singing It Is Well With My Soul. All right. Funniest moment. Oh, man. Any moment with you, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to leave it like this. Yeah, I've, when, I've, I've been reminiscing as you're talking. I'm thinking of several yeah, of those. When the, when the water broke, that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, my word. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That may need an explanation. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we won't take time for that, unfortunately. But <laughs> when the water broke. Okay. Uh, best place you've ever eaten? Ooh, goodness. Uh, there's a place in, uh, I think it's in Vicksburg called Walnut Hills. It is... Vicksburg, Mississippi. Mississippi, yeah. Soul food, man. Okay, Walnut Hills. Soul food. Ooh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Favorite movie? Favorite movie? That's not fair either. Um, it changes. Every day it changes, it seems like, uh... Hard to say. It's really hard to say. I don't think I can. I can do that. <laughs> well, just give me one. What's today's? Oh What's my today's? goodness gracious! Uh, oh come on! It's ten o'clock in the morning, and you have kids. You mean you haven't watched a movie yet? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of that, I'm going to go with The Lion King. Oh, that is a yeah, classic. That's a good one. Favorite album? Ooh, the Gaither Vocal Band. I do believe. Yep, yep, yep. I had a feeling you. Yeah, I had to. Uh, yeah, book recommendation. Uh, Fresh Air by Chris Hodges. Favorite secular artist? Uh, Tony Bennett. Favorite secular song? Mm. Um, If I Ruled the World, Sammy Davis. Favorite gospel artist? Guy Penrod. And last but not least, favorite gospel song, and I will put a caveat that you've not recorded, because we've kind of already done that. Man, I've been listening to Great Is Thy Faithfulness a lot lately. I think that's a... Yeah, that's hard, hard hard, to beat those, you know, uh, 300, 400-year-old oh, yeah. ones. 
All right. Well, I tell you what, it's it's uh, it's been great. I think uh, since families have come along and kids and just uh, a lot of growing up over the last decade, um, you know, it's it's been hard to get together and sit down and have a conversation with Ben that lasts longer than about twenty minutes. <laughs> but uh, this has been been awesome, and uh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, y'all go check out BenWaits.com. Pick up some music. Help support him. And uh, and especially during this uh, this time of the COVID shutdown, I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, but it's uh, it's been about as rough as it could be on on artists. And so, uh, please support him in that way. Ben Waits. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this time that we spent together. I know that I have, and I pray that it has made you more appreciate the forms and functions of worship, and the gifted people who help facilitate it. Continue the conversation by emailing any questions or suggestions you may have through my website at www.milespikemusic.com. That's M-I-L-E-S-P-I-K-E music.com. Support this endeavor by rating, reviewing, and sharing. If you want to go the extra mile, then I would greatly appreciate it if you purchase some digital downloads or hard copies of my music through the website and patronize our guest in any way that you can. Websites and details to that end will be in the show notes. This program plans to release every other week, so keep your eye out for the next edition of the Miles Pike Podcast. Till next time, worship wisely.